My name is Juliet, and I am a Level 1 QHHT practitioner. And the theme of today's podcast is holding ourselves accountable for how we respond and react to our emotions. Your emotions are your choice. Anger is a choice. Joy is a choice. Apathy is a choice. Sadness is a choice. Jealousy is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Misery is a choice. Can you find the pattern in those phrases I just repeated? Every single thing I mentioned is an emotion. We experience and feel, or choose not to feel, dozens, if not hundreds, of emotions every single day. Every single emotion we feel is a conscious choice to be a certain way and to act a certain way based off of those emotions. Now, try to imagine how much easier your life could be, how much peaceful your life could be if you chose to control your emotions instead of allowing them to control you. So what exactly does that mean when I say that? What does it mean to control your emotions? How does one control his or her emotions? The way I see it, controlling our emotions does not mean suppressing them or not feeling them. We are not robots, we are human beings. It means feeling those emotions in their entirety and choosing, actively choosing, consciously choosing to not act on them. And yes, there is a difference between feeling them and acting on them. Let's talk about some real-world examples. You're at work, and your coworker makes a snide remark. Does this ring a bell? Let's give another example. You are married to an alcoholic who verbally abuses you, day in and day out. If someone does something harmful to you, it's likely that you will feel an emotion to correspond to that emotion, or to mirror it. We are programmed to mirror a reaction with the same reaction. How harmful is that? Could be very harmful. Reacting with a negative emotion often leads to a pattern of harmful behaviors. The most helpful way to break that pattern of abuse, of harm, is to feel the emotions fully and then choose to act out of a neutral, calm space that you create for yourself 
within your mind and body. Whatever harm or abuse or trauma that has happened has already happened. And your emotional response will do absolutely nothing to change that fact. Nobody can control abuse or harm that comes to them. Why, do you ask? Because these are lessons meant to guide you to learn how to become a better version of yourself. What is making you lose control? The simple answer is you. Yes, you are making yourself lose control. When you stop blaming others for your lack of self-control, an amazing, spectacular thing happens. You start holding yourself accountable for your actions. Because at the end of the day, the only thing you can really control is how you respond to what is going on around you. If there is one single piece of advice you should retain from this message, it is that you are in control of your reaction and no one else's. The need for control stems from what I call the left side of our brain or, out e or uh, the ego. I'm not talking about being egotistical. I am instead referring to the part of everyone's psyche that deals with survival, the survival instinct, and with negative emotions. The left side of our brain, where our ego is housed, that is where our egos feed off of those negative emotions in order to survive. However, most of the world has not yet found harmony or balance between our left side, our ego, and our right side, also known as our intuition, our higher self, our subconscious, also our direct connection to God and the universe. The next time you catch yourself thinking a negative thought, Ask yourself, where is that thought coming from? Is it coming from your ego? Why are you being distracted from dealing with your emotions? That may be a hard question to ask and a more challenging question to answer for those who are triggered very easily and who are in denial about whatever trauma and abuse they may have experienced not only in their childhood, but throughout their lives. So the next thing that I wanted to discuss today was to answer some questions that I have received in the hope that whoever's listening can glean whatever it is they need to in order to move forward on their path towards self-discovery. 
Question number one deals with the separation of a married couple. And I'll be using um, made-up names for all of the, the people asking questions. Natasha asks, Is it recommended for two souls who are karmically bonded and choose to not come to a peaceful resolution in this life to separate physically? My advice is this to Natasha. Remove your emotions, your baggage, and your history from the question before seeking an answer. Make a physical list of why you want to separate using an outsider's point of view. This exercise is important to do because it helps you give perspective without the emotional attachment, thereby removing any actions that would be clouded by emotional judgment. If you are in a relationship that is harming you, where you are not the best version of yourself, at some point you will need to ask yourself if it is worth exploring to detach from that relationship using this type of technique. Keep in mind that our left side of the brain, our egos, will consistently use distractions to keep you from dealing with issues that revolve around negative emotions. And when we're placed in the middle of such a traumatizing and volatile and negative situation such as an unhealthy relationship, those are the types of distractions that keep us from making decisions out of a peaceful and loving place. Give yourself a break from your ego and listen to what your intuition or your gut instinct has to say before making a decision. When talking about negative emotions and the ego, Egos will almost always respond with a survival instinct. I mean, their purpose is to survive. And the goal of this type of exercise is not to destroy the ego. On the contrary, it's to be able to achieve harmony and balance between the ego and the intuition. Our connection to God, to the universe, has never been severed. It has only been numbed by an all-too-powerful ego. And you can see that every time you go outside. How easily many people are being triggered as a form of distraction from dealing with true problems in a constructive manner, in a peaceful manner. Question number two deals with finances. Jennifer asks, 
I find myself manifesting trips, vacations, and holidays much easier than finding a good way of living. How come? Why is that? Here is my advice and answer. Your focus and your priority is on getting a break from your reality. You are creating your own reality. So if you wish to change how that is playing out, focus your energy, commitment, and time on finding a career or job that pays more to achieve that higher standard of living. Start networking and marketing yourself in the field that you want to find a job in. If you need additional training or qualifications, work towards achieving all the steps to reach your goal. Start out by writing every action that needs to occur to get to your new job. Expect hurdles and lessons to be thrown at you from every direction. They are put there for a reason. The main reason being that a new skill or mindset is needed for your new role. If you want change, you must be willing to change. Do what you love, help people along the way, and find a way to make money doing it. This is in line with the concept of Ikigai, a Japanese concept referring to something that gives a person a sense of purpose, motivation, a reason for living. Start using yourself as your motivation. Finally, if going on trips and vacations is how you want to get a job, consider that in your job search. Open yourself to all possibilities in your life, and you'll receive answers and messages and opportunities once your mindset aligns with that idea. The third question is from Toby. Toby asks, Why is awakening related to meeting a shadow side of yourself? The concept of duality is pervasive and very strong on earth, in our human existence. Acknowledging that there is a shadow side of yourself is also acknowledging that there is duality. Now, there are many different uh, definitions, perspectives on what a shadow self is. I'd like to think of it as, and how I approach that concept is, the side of yourself that the ego does not want 
to be resolved. Because the ego wrongly thinks that should that side get resolved, that the ego will cease to exist. The shadow side of ourself contains all of the unresolved trauma, the unresolved generational trauma. The choices we make that we have not yet forgiven ourselves for, the lack of self-love, the regret, the shame, the anger, the sadness, all of the negative emotions, the grief, any unresolved issue belongs to the shadow side. The intent to resolve those issues will help you achieve peace. And I would hope and think that those who are on this journey of awakening and of spiritual and metaphysical ascension would realize that the true resolution of all those issues means that the shadow side will cease to exist. And with that, duality will also cease to exist. The fourth question that I will answer comes from Tabitha. Tabitha asks, Sending out the intention seems easier than it is. How can we channel our energy into a desired outcome? Something that I, um, that I mentioned to my clients is that when we set an intention, when we send a prayer, when we wish someone healing. All of these are different ways that we can channel our energy to reach a desired outcome. The same holds true if we wish harm or a negative outcome on a person or place or an idea, anything like that. However, when something is coming out of love, it goes much farther and it achieves its purpose exponentially. When a healing, healed person decides to send a prayer to somebody else, that energy will have a much more intense impact on the subject of the prayer than if it were somebody who was not healed properly, if the intent was not there. I'll give you an example. If a loved one got into a car accident, and 
a relative was praying for their recovery out of fear. That prayer will not go as far had that person prayed out of a peaceful and calm space. And that brings us back to the main topic of today's podcast. Not allowing our emotions to cloud our judgment. Choosing to act out of a space without emotions. The whole point is to allow the loving energy to reach as far as it can with no judgment. It is when those negative emotions are at the center, the impetus of those actions, when th- that is when chaos and a chaotic energy will increase and will be the, the end result of those prayers. Nobody said it was going to be easy, but it's certainly not impossible to send a prayer out of peace versus out of fear. Keep that in mind. Should something negative happen in your life, catch yourself before you respond. I know that we have heard this our entire lives. Take a deep breath before responding. Don't send that email. Sometimes we listen to that inner voice and other times we don't. Should you wish to lead a more peaceful and calm life, you will create more peace and calm in your life. It is never too late to make an effort to choose peace over chaos. And as long as there is a choice that needs to be made, duality will continue on in your life. I also wanted to mention something about labels. I have come to the conclusion that Labels limit our understanding. And that is because when we label something, we're limiting our understanding of that concept. On my end, it's challenging to be able to have a conversation about spirituality, about what it is I do with many people. But if I switch some words around, some labels around, people can understand me better. If you've listened to this episode, you've heard me use multiple words for the same concept. An example is God, the universe, source, higher self, our intuition, our subconscious, our right side of the brain. 
our ego, our mind, our left side of the brain. Prayer, setting an intention, channeling energy. Those in my mind all mean the same thing. Keep that in mind the next time you talk to someone. And if you get triggered or upset by a certain word that they use, take a step back, take a deep breath, feel the emotion, and choose to react from the breath point, from the calm, from the peace. And you will find that your life will become more peaceful. The more we pray out of the intent of love, the more love will appear in our lives. I know that this message will go to wherever it needs to go. And I hope that whoever is listening will remember whatever it is that they need to remember. That you are always loved. You are forgiven. And you can always seek Love from whatever it is you need to pray to. As long as what you're praying to comes out of love and light. Until next time, this is Juliette.